everyone. I'm your host, Liana Pavane, founder of TTYL, human connection advocate, certified life coach, and most importantly, a human that's just trying to figure it out. I'm your unapologetic 20-something native New Yorker, advocating selfships. Yes, I'm in a relationship with myself while navigating the dating world. I'm on a mission to break down dating stigmas in our society and to stop ghosting. I started this podcast after my ex broke up with me over the phone. I know, at least it wasn't a post-it. And I realized that our dating etiquette was severely lacking due to technology. Each week, I invite guests onto the podcast from all walks of life to discuss their first date horror stories and best dates. Because let's be honest, we don't focus on the positives enough when it comes to dating. The best part about this podcast is that after each episode, I've walked away feeling more confident about myself and my relationships. So whether or not you're single, in a relationship, or find yourself in a situationship, I welcome you to get comfy as I dive into the uncomfy so we can normalize it together. Jitters, on your first date, not in your coffee. I am so excited to partner with Jibby Coffee a lifestyle and wellness brand that crafts functional coffee for the balance-seeking consumer. They crafted a CBD-infused Colombian cold brew to help people focus throughout the day without the jitters or crash. Dairy-free, gluten-free, vegan, no added sugar, and no compromises. Made in the U.S. and 100% recyclable. In addition to the fact that this coffee is focus and clarity boosting, 1% of every Jibby order goes to a high-impact nonprofit at no added cost to you. You can even track your impact directly through their partners, Charity Water, Food for Farmers, and Cannabis for Conservation. Use code GHOST15 for 15% off. That's GHOST15 for 15% off on both subscription and one-time purchases. Available at jibbycoffee.com for free shipping nationwide. Welcome back to another episode of Ghost of Dates Past. I'm super excited about today's episode. I'm here with Cheryl, and she is going to introduce herself and tell you guys a little bit about what she does. Hi, Liana. I'm so grateful to be here. So excited for this conversation. My name is Cheryl. I am an intuitive guide and coach from Ireland. So I offer readings to clients who are looking for clarity in their life. And that could be clarity around any area in their life. It could be relationships dating, career, purpose, or simply to know whether they're on the right path. So I basically tap into the energy, their energy and uncover what might be blocking them from living the life that they desire and provide them with guidance on how they can move forward to actually manifest what they want in their life. I love it. I think this is going to be an amazing conversation. I'm so excited. Before we dive into the questions, let's hear your first day horror story. Oh my God, this, I love this question, but I had, I had a ton. I could, I could have said a few, but I, the one I've chosen is a guy I met in a bar. So I, I thought, oh yeah, I've met him. So he seems really decent. We'll have a decent night out, go for drinks. When I met him the next night, it's so funny when you meet somebody and you have a few drinks and you, what your perception of them, it can be completely impaired. When I met him, I was just like, he just wasn't who I remembered him to be. But I was like, be open minded, you know, just go with it, have fun. But he kept on like talking me through like his outfit, like he had bought a whole new outfit for the date. He kept asking me like how he was doing. He kept putting his arm around me like I was just really uncomfortable, really, really cringe. And at one point he said to me, um, 
again, so how am I doing? And I was on my way to the bathroom and I just said, look, maybe if you just relax a little bit and actually just we'll be able to enjoy um, our drinks a bit more. So maybe I could have been a bit kinder, but whatever, it came out. Um, so I headed off to the bathroom. I came back and he was gone. No way. Yeah, yeah. It was so funny because he made such a big deal on when I, I was on my way to meet him. And I was like, a few minutes late, you go ahead, get a drink. And he was like, no, I would never let a woman walk into a bar on her own. I have a sister. I have my mother. Um, I just wouldn't allow you to walk into the bar on your own. And I was like, oh, here, like, I'm a grown up. I can walk in on my own, but that's fine. But yeah, he left me in a bar on my own. Wow, that's insane. I, oof, that, I mean, like he asked, you brought it up. I don't think, I mean, obviously, like, I don't know how you said it or the tone or anything in which you said it, but it doesn't sound like that was a bad thing to say. I feel like I would be slightly taken aback if someone said that to me on a date, but then if I was going to the bathroom already or the person was, like, leaving or, you know, something was happening and I had, like, a couple minutes to let it sink in, I mean, I wouldn't just leave, but I think if anything, if he didn't like what you said, just like wait until you came back and just been like, you know what? Like, I didn't appreciate what you said. Like, I'm not interested. Let's just like pay the check and go. Totally. And that's the thing. All it is, is just having that little conversation. And I think, I don't think I was mean about it, but I think he had asked me so many times and I had tried been nice. And that's one of my things that I'm working on. I was a complete people pleaser so I wouldn't have wanted to hurt anyone's feelings so I think if I was in that situation now I probably would have called it a lot longer rather than sitting there and having drinks with somebody that I knew I'd know any and I knew I'd no intention in going any further with. Totally totally it's funny because it actually you reminded me of I guess this was my first official date ever but I was in high school and I had this crush on a guy I guess like he he wasn't really picking up the signals, but he was like best friends with my best guy friend. So basically we went on like a double date kind of with another one of my friends, but like they were just they were just friends. And then it was like the two the guy and I that I liked. And we got we went to this diner that was like a hot spot in high school and the movies. And when we got to the movie, I I was like kind of hinting at dinner that like I wanted to see a different movie than they saw because like I wanted to spend time like be alone with him and like maybe hold hands or like something super innocent whatever whatever and so we like sat through this whole movie together and it was like a really long movie and then at the end nothing happened the entire time I couldn't tell he was just like not interested at all I, I had no idea I was like super uncomfortable we get up I was we both went to the bathroom and I come out and he was gone I was like looking for him everywhere and I was like what and he texts me and he's like hey sorry my sister something with my sister I have had to go like help her get her home like both and then yeah we saw each other at school I don't I feel like I must have said something a week later because it was just bothering me and I think I like approached him and it was just like hey what happened or something like that and he was like yeah like I'm really sorry I'm not I don't like you like that or something along those lines but like it was one of those things where we saw it was a small school we saw each other every day he was also in 
I was in theater, so like he was acting in the show that I was helping direct. And yeah, it was just like, it was so stupid. <laughs> Doesn't it just go to show, like that must've been so hurtful. It's so, I'm, first of all, I'm like, that's so brave of you to actually call him out on it. I don't think years ago I'd be, would have been able to. I would have seen it as further rejection to call somebody out on, on it. So I think that's really brave of you. But secondly, it just kind of goes to show the amount of people out there that are avoiding having the conversations, the difficult conversations, rather than just saying straight out to you that they're, he wasn't interested. Like, it's not even... Totally. And this was like a decade ago. Yeah. So... But it's not even the not interested part. It's like going away and leaving you when you had actually had like an evening together and sat through an entire movie together. He could have just waited five minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People are... People are strange. I mean, yeah, talking about, you know, I think the the concept of what you do and talking with people who need clarity and, you know, reading people's energy. So you do this for people who need clarity or guidance. Sometimes people are going through a breakup and so they need clarity through that. But can you kind of walk me through how this reading and healing process works when you meet with a client? Absolutely. So before I get on a call with them, I meditate and I tap into their energy centers. So there's seven main energy centers in the body. I don't know if you're familiar with the chakra system. A little bit, but I love if you delved into it more for everyone listening. Perfect. Yeah. So I meditate and tap into each of them separately. So the crown chakra is the on the top of our head. So that's our connection to source. And that could be whatever you believe source is, whether that's God, Buddha, the universe, whatever it is, it can really show how connected you are. If somebody is very connected, I typically see that they might be floating off in the air that they love not to be grounded here on this earth. Or in other, in, if they are blocked, they'll be completely up in their mind and there'll be just a lot of thoughts going on there, a lot of fears, a lot of anxieties. Then in the third eye, so that's in the middle of our two eyes on our brow and that's our ability to manifest and also our psychic abilities. So for a lot of people I might see here that they're at point A, they want to get to point B but they can't see how to get there so they're just completely jumbled up in their mind and really a lot of times what their guides are coming through and actually saying is you don't need to know how you're getting to point B. You just keep following the breadcrumbs of what the universe is trying to guide you to do. Trying to trust your intuition to what the universe is asking you to do rather than, for example, if you see that you want to be a millionaire, it's not that the universe is going to come down and give you this brilliant idea to be a millionaire straight away. They might just give you little guidance, little action points that's going to set you on the path. Then in our troth, so our troth is obviously in troth chakra is in the troth and that represents our ability to speak our truth and to be authentically us. So a lot of times when this is blocked, this can come a lot from childhood when a child wasn't feeling seen or heard. A lot of times I might see them in childhood, like sitting back. I might see that they have siblings and they might feel that siblings are getting more attention than them. So ultimately then when they're going through school, they're just more and more fading into the background. And this shows up so much in relationships when people go around and they walk on eggshells with their partner and they don't feel like they can speak up because ultimately they're terrified that they won't be seen or their feelings won't be validated. Then the heart chakra is obviously in the heart. And really what I see a lot in the heart is the heart isn't isn't just about giving love, but it's also about receiving love. And a lot of times I see so many people that come, they're such loving people. They've so much love to give, 
but they're not actually receiving the love. They're not allowing love come into their life or how we do one thing is how we do everything. So if you're not receiving love into your life, you're not going to be able to receive abundance into your life either. So it's really about providing them with guidance to allow them to receive things into their life. And this can be really hard because when you're in relationships with people, like with in friendships and in family and not only a romantic partner, you might have trained the people not to give you love. Not trained, but as in you mightn't have consciously done it, but you may have rejected their advances advances to help you in time. So sometimes humans then don't actually keep offering that to you. They might think that you're okay, you're really strong, you don't need help, you don't need support. So sometimes some of the guidance is around, okay, well, how can you start acting, asking for them things? How can you start communicating with your partner? Or how can you start communicating in friendships for what you need? And a lot of times it's just about baby steps. Then the solar plexus that is in the stomach area. So this is really around our confidence and our self-worth. And if this is out of balance, It's kind of about that remembering process of remembering that you're born worthy. It's not about we oftentimes we think we have to go out and find our worth when really it's about remembering it and coming back home to that concept. Also here, I see a lot of people, particularly if they're coming about their career, it might seem that they're really working overly hard. They're particularly in their masculine and they're not in their divine feminine, allowing things to flow more easily. So that will really have it out of balance. Then the sacral chakra That's um, located just about two inches below the belly button. And that's our joy center. Our creativity comes from here. But also it houses the reproductive organs. So if you have a regular cycle, it may may be that you need to work on your sacral chakra. But also it's about pleasure. It's about allowing pleasure into our life. And sometimes people think that it's bad to have pleasure in, in their life. And it's absolutely not. The universe wants us to have joy and pleasure. So sometimes it's just about reminding people that it's okay to allow those things into your life. And then the root chakra, that rep- that's at the base of our spine and that represents um, our safety and security. And again, all of the chakras you can bring back to our childhood experiences anyway, as I'm sure you're well aware. But with the root chakra, if somebody wasn't feeling safe in their childhood, it's, it's really stored up in their energy center. And really a lot of the guidance here is about reminding clients that they're adults now, that they are safe, they are secure. And so sometimes they m- might not feel that energetically. So it's really good, particularly here, if somebody was living with a partner in a breakup situation, if they come out of that and now their home life is a bit unsteady, the root chakra will be out of balance as well. It also stores any of our money beliefs as well. So it's a really good, if you're trying to work on abundance, it's a good chakra to start working on. So that's basically the seven. So I run through each of them in detail with the clients with what guidance is coming through. And it's just fascinating how much information is stored in the energy centers. Mm, I love that. Thank you so much for running through everything. It was a good reminder for me. And just, I think a couple of things really resonated. I think just the definitely been thinking a lot about my relationships. I feel like my throat chakra has been really opening up recently and I've just been like standing up for myself more and and speaking my truth rather than like holding back or fearing that like I'm going to yeah, I think you know what you said about being a people pleaser. I've definitely fallen into that path and I'm just I think it's interesting because I feel like in dating, I've been much more 
open and I'm less afraid to speak my truth. But when it comes to friendships and like career relationships, I get really nervous to speak up because I don't want to ruin the relationship. But I have been learning recently that it's the same situation. I I need to speak what's going on and what's on my mind. And if that's taken in a bad way, then it's like, okay, is this a bad, is this relationship not working out? And then it's my chance to reevaluate that rather than just letting things kind of like brush off because I want to always be pleasing others when at the end of the day, it's not going to please myself if I don't say something. Yeah, I I think it's so great. And I'm sure this podcast is doing wonders for your throat chakra. It's something that I'm working on as well, because we can shy away from things. We can shy away from, it's not even conflict with people. It's just sometimes I think it's coming from a place that they mightn't have the same belief as us, or they might see things from a different perspective. So that's scary. It's we're getting vulnerable. And especially if it's questioning our truth, what we want to express means so much to us. So when we're in relationships, and somebody might see something very different differently. We may see it as rejection if the person doesn't actually see things the same way as us. It isn't actually rejection because in reality, you're sticking up for your truth. And even if the other person doesn't feel the same and has a different truth than you, it's not necessarily that that's a bad thing. It's just we have different beliefs. And I think we can see that so it's so stark right now what's going on in the world with people like all the fight, all the hate, but it's all coming from fear. Like everybody has their own perception on things, but a lot of times when people are speaking out and being opinionated about things, it's coming from fear. Whereas I feel from from you and from listening to you on the podcast, I feel that you would see their point of view as well. I think you'd be neutral. You'd share your point of view and allow invite somebody to share their point of view. It doesn't mean you need to meet in the middle. And I think that's good. It's good to have those conversations in any type of relationship. Yeah, definitely. I think I've been... Yeah, working on that a lot is like meeting someone in the middle, understanding their perspective. But, you know, I'm, I'm at a point where I'm like, if someone is doing something that pushes my buttons or crosses my boundary, that means that I need to have that conversation. And hopefully they see eye to eye. Sometimes they won't see eye to eye. And you know what? Then maybe it's time for me to reevaluate the relationship. But, you know, I think... Just, yeah, in the past couple of weeks, I've had a lot of difficult conversations with people. And I, I definitely think the podcast has helped so much in just speaking my truth. And I, you know, I gravitate towards people who communicate. I gravitate towards people who are good communicators, which means that if you're busy or unavailable, you communicate that. And I enjoy being in constant communication with people. I think that that brings me joy. I like to have people to talk to. I don't like to go multiple days without texting my friends and like communicating and just having fun conversations. But yeah, I think, you know, recently I, yeah, it's interesting. I've had a conversation with a dating situation, a friend and my boss and like two weeks. So yeah, it's interesting. I don't know like what's going on in the universe for me, but something's happening. Yeah. Clearly you've been called to, it's like I was recently, I it felt like I was been tasked by the universe in saying no. And there was like a lot of things repeatedly coming up that I was like, 
mm, does this feel right to me? And it was like, I had, I had to keep saying no. And eventually I feel like the universe went, okay, she's learned that lesson, but it put me in challenging situations to say no, to say no to people that I ne wouldn't necessarily have said no to. But it was really like tuning into myself and going, is this right? Am I speaking my truth saying no? Or if I say yes, am I just people pleasing? And that's exactly what it would have been. I would have been coming from a place. My energy wouldn't have been good in those situations at all. It would have been coming from a place that I want to keep you happy and that's why I'm doing it, not what's in my heart at all. Yeah, I love that. So specifically for your clients, so you meditate and you tap into these energies and how do you tap into their energies, I guess, to start? Is it something that you've just like learned over the years or? Yeah, I only learned it this year. I had no clue about my intuitive gifts at all. And I suppose over the last few years, I suppose my spiritual awakening happened after a, a breakup. I went through a very bad breakup. I was in a very dark place and I had to go through a lot of therapy. And in that time, I became obsessed with personal development, like reading all the books, listening to the podcasts. And I suppose after a while, they started becoming more and more spiritual. And I didn't even realize like so for me, personal development was the gateway into spirituality. I was meditating at the time. But that was more for mental health. It was nothing got to do with I want to be spiritual. But eventually it evolved into that. So I just started getting more and more nudges and started following my intuition more, looking out for signs from the universe, like make, having fun with it, looking out for angel numbers, trying to find joy in my life when I didn't feel like externally there was very much joy in my life. I did a couple of coaching certifications over the last couple of years and they even helped me on my healing journey and even helped me trust my intuition more. And then this year I heard Nikki Novo on a podcast and I had never heard of her. I looked at her website straight away. I was like, who is she? I need to work with her. And I just literally got on a call with her, booked into her course the following week, which was a big investment. But I just literally my soul was like, you need to do this. And it just really, really was confirmation for me that listening to your intuition can lead you to the best things possible in your life. That course, hands down, was the best thing that ever happened to me. And I literally can't recommend it enough to anyone who feels called to doing it. But for me, there was so much practice that we did. There was a class of about 30 of us. We practiced on each other. We practiced the healings on each other. So not only was I developing the gifts, but I was also getting healings. There was so much healing, so much ego death in it. It was just, it was amazing. And it's so surprising how intuitive we all are and we just don't realize it it's about setting the intention and actually so actually just trusting what comes through so really when I started the course I didn't have a clue what I was at I was really upset for the first couple of weeks because I was like what have I invested in these girls are crazy talented I have no business being here I'm just going to drop out and within about two weeks I was like I am home <laughs> this is where I'm meant to be so it's amazing how quickly you can develop the gifts like we've all done it in past lives so we've done it we're just remembering it really that's really beautiful I absolutely love that and I think yeah I mean it's interesting because you know a lot of people don't believe in energies a lot of people don't believe in, in in intuition or even chakras and I think yeah just I feel like recently I've been very overwhelmed in my life I feel like there's been a lot going on and I've been noticing a disconnect. I've been having more of an urge to say no 
and step away from situations and and in in order to protect myself and protect my boundaries. So if you start feeling disconnected from yourself, and maybe this has to do with a relationship, maybe it just has to do with relationship to self or friendship or you know any type of relationship. How can you begin to notice what chakra is off balance? I'd really say tap into what you're actually feeling. Like tap into, notice the thoughts and see where the thoughts are actually coming from. Like what is that in relation to? Is it in relation to your worth? Is it in relation to you not being able to speak your truth? Also, it might show up physically for some people. So for example, somebody might have digestive issues if they've got an imbalance in the solar plexus or like I mentioned, an irregular cycle if it's to do with your sacral chakra. But if you're feeling completely confused and you don't know where to begin, I will begin with the heart. For me, the heart holds all the answers. It is the fourth chakra. So it connects our lower chakras with our upper chakras. So I really believe that doing the work on your heart if you start working on healing your heart and remembering the love that's within you, you will automatically start to feel more confident. You'll automatically want to speak your truth. You'll automatically start manifesting your desires. So it really, it really, really is the key for me. It holds all our desires. All our desires are held in the heart, but it also holds on to a lot of childhood traumas, griefs. I sometimes see if somebody has lost a baby, it'll show up in their heart. Similarly, with if somebody desires a relationship, it'll show up there. And likewise, if somebody desires a family or if they have a greater purpose. So for me, it's really about the heart. If anybody's feeling disconnected, come back to your heart and you will be guided to where to go next, what chakra to go to next. So when we focus on the heart, what do you tell people to look out for, you know, how do you heal your heart essentially? I think the first thing is the remembrance. And I know, uh, I'm hoping this won't be too out there uh, for the audience, but the remembrance that like, we're all connected to source. We're all part of source and source is pure love. Therefore we are pure love. So anything outside of that is our fears, our anxieties. It's all our ego. So when you're having those fears and anxieties, remember that it is your ego and really start to notice those thoughts and really try and come back into your body. For me, meditation has been an absolute and I know some people really, really dislike meditation. When I started meditating first, I hated it. Like I cried, somebody gave me like a CD, that's how long ago it was. I cried through the entire thing, I hated it. I literally went, meditation is not for me. But little did I know that it was exactly for me and those emotions were coming up for a reason. It wasn't just that, oh, I don't like this meditation. There was so much stuffed down. There was so many thoughts and it was only when I sat and got still. But I would say to people that it's not about sitting down for 20 minutes. It might be about sitting down for one or two minutes and building it up to five minutes then. I do also have a free heart healing meditation as well. It's guided. I do think it's really good when you're starting meditations to start doing guided meditations because that means you're not trying to still your mind because I think there's this misconception that oh your mind will be free and that's how you meditate correctly. It's a meditation practice so it's going to take you time. Thoughts will come and go but you need to allow them to to go. So I think that is for me the number one thing is meditation. Then journaling is so so powerful. If you feel like you're not ready for meditation, that you feel like your mind is too busy, journaling is just so powerful to get your thoughts out on paper. And I know immediately people always go to me, yeah, but what if somebody reads my journal or finds my journal? You can 
write things out on paper and shred it immediately or bin it immediately, rip it up, burn it, do whatever you need, but get your thoughts out, of pa- out onto paper. So they, those two things for me have been massive. And then the third thing probably is get into your body, move your body, get up, dance, whatever you need to do to just move that energy. Emotion is just energy in motion. So it's about coming back into your body and allowing it to move through you. Mm, love it. Yes, I think this is very practical and and really great advice for anyone because it's just, it's so interesting. It's always the most simple things that we so often forget that we have these tools at our fingertips that we can literally just, yeah, dance around our apartment or sit down and not do anything because we're such a, we're such a go, go, go society. And I, I've talked about this previously on on other episodes of just this idea that we're human beings, not human doings. And we so often forget this concept of just being a human, like sitting and just enjoying your breath. And I think that kind of, you know, as you start to to do that, I think journaling definitely calms the mind. And like, I mean, I see it as a way of just extracting the thoughts and the negative energy out and it's going on the page and yeah if you want to rip it up if you want to shred it you want to burn it afterwards I mean the better because I think that's even like an additive step to the healing process of just really releasing I know that you know in for relationships sometimes people will write out pages of the relationship or they'll write their name on a piece of paper and burn it and just like let the person go from their lives So I, yeah, I really resonate with what you're saying. And just one other thing that I'd like to mention there now as you're speaking, it just came to me that a lot of times when we get into this personal development space, there is the whole thing of toxic positivity that sometimes people may feel as if they're not allowed to feel pain. They may feel like I know better than this. I know that if that person isn't the right person for me, the universe is, I have to trust the universe. I have to understand that it's for the greater good that's absolutely fine that is the the universe will deliver for you and you do need to trust and trust in divine timing however it doesn't take away from the pain if you are feeling hurt allow yourself to feel the pain don't allow yourself to brush over the emotions and I think sometimes it can happen a lot when we friends that are trying to move us along the grieving process sometimes people will try and move you along a grieving process if they haven't felt that pain themselves because your pain to them is a discomfort for them like looking at you in pain is uncomfortable it's messy but that's fine you don't need to open up that space with them but definitely allow yourself allow yourself to have a pity party but just put a time limit maybe on it that you're you're going to move forward. Obviously, if it's a long term relationship, it's going to take a lot longer. But just in a case, if you were dating somebody a few times and it doesn't work out and you're feeling crap about yourself, allow yourself to feel that it you thought something might have might have worked out. So it's OK to acknowledge that it's not fun. It's not nice. So it's OK to acknowledge that and try and get back to the practices then. Definitely. I mean, I've definitely been through many breakups and some of them were short term but it doesn't make it any easier it doesn't make it any less painful if i felt a strong connection with that person and i think it's yeah like what you're saying it's 100 percent okay to feel those feelings and not disregard them and not feel bad or guilty that you feel pain that you feel anger and sorrow i think yeah we label our emotions a lot of the times when we just all can experience them 
holistically together. And, you know, in terms of grieving, I think that's something I've been really dealing with this year with the loss of both my grandmas. It's been really interesting how it's ebbed and flowed for me. I'll just, I'll literally just be getting ready, putting on my jewelry and like I have my grandma's necklace, you know, I'll see it or finishing my day and I'll just start crying. Like I'll just start like bursting down into tears because I miss them so much. And it's, yeah, it just comes at random times. There's no right way to grieve. And yeah, it's just like anything. There's no right way to go about dating. There's no right way to go about a relationship or a breakup or, you know, any of it. We're all just experiencing it individually because it's all, all those experiences, all the pain, all the grief and anger is an individual experience based on the past experiences that we've had, which are all uniquely ours. Absolutely. And sorry to hear you going through that. That's really difficult to lose both of them in such a a short space of time of each other. But you're so right, like healing isn't linear. And I do really, I see that a lot with people when they're going through something like a breakup or grieving that they will have, they could have a good day and then the next day could be bad. And then they could have a good week and then the next day. But sometimes they feel like they're back at square one when they're having that bad day. And it's not the case. It's just always about reminding them or reminding yourself that like, no, having a bad day or a bad hour or a bad moment does not mean you're back at square one. It might take you a little bit of you might need to tap into your self-care practices and do them a little bit more that day. But just really notice the bounce back rate of how quick you're actually managing to deal with that emotion and move forward it's never that you're back at the beginning it's just not a linear process Mm, yeah that's a super important note because it's not you take 10 steps forward and 12 steps back like it's never you're progressing every day and I think for anyone who's been through a breakup we all know that initial moment is the hardest and that first night is the hardest and that time does heal all wounds. It's cheesy, but it's true. The longer that you have separated yourself from the situation, from that person, the more clarity you have, you're able to look back on your experience with a more holistic viewpoint and a more more of an understanding of not only, yeah, of course you'll probably, if it, if it wasn't an amicable breakup, if you're angry at the person for the situation, like I definitely was with my ex, I blamed him for a lot of things. I blamed him for things he did or things he said. It was all his fault. But then, you know, the more time that passes, I was able to hold compassion for both sides and see myself as half of that situation because the truth of the matter was I didn't stop him from doing those things. I didn't say anything. I didn't stand up for myself where I would have in past situations. So it's also on me to realize and to grow and change behavior for the next time. I love that. It's so forgiveness. is such a huge thing. I think a lot of people think that they're angry at their ex, but then when they tap into it further, or if I'm reading their energy, I can see that there's so much within them that they need to forgive because oftentimes we're just projecting it outwards. Whereas I see a lot of people blaming themselves for staying too long, for not seeing the red flags. Um, or just for their behavior in the relationship. And it's exactly as you said, it's like you can learn for the next time. Um, But really, it is about granting yourself 
that forgiveness and seeing the other person in compassion. It might be difficult to do, but it's not about forgiveness doesn't mean you have to go and say to that person, I forgive you. It's just about making peace with it yourself, because otherwise you're not accepting the reality that you're living in in the moment. But yes, I, I completely agree I with everything you're saying. And I want to get to your best first date story. Oh, my God. This it's so funny. The other the horror story is so easy. The best date story is like a struggle. (laughs) I always think for me, like the best dates are the ones where you do have a connection with somebody where there's a mixture of fun, humor and then also a bit of like a deeper connection. So I, I was really struggling with this. So I think story wise, the best date story I have doesn't mean it was necessarily about the person, but I had met a guy on a night out, got on great. We were trying to meet up. It was about two months later and we still hadn't met up and he was going to Greece with his family and he was like do you want to come over for a few days so I was like yeah so I headed off to Greece for like two days yeah so that was probably the best date when I look back and go I can't believe that I did that that I just completely went yeah I'll just book a flight and go wait that's amazing so you guys had never met before and you just met him and stayed there for a couple days and what'd you do like we had met we'd met in a bar one night so oh it was just it was it was chilled out he was going through a lot of stuff um so it kind of yeah it kind of wasn't like the best weekend ever but I just think I just think it's just when I look back and think of a best date it's probably the kind of wildest thing I did in terms of a first date (laughs) yeah that's nuts it's so cool though did you see him afterwards or did it kind of just there was a lot, there was, he had a lot. And, they, and this is something that like, I really feel that like we bring, call people into our life and what we're a vibrational match for. I wasn't fully, I think I was just kind of done with my ex, but at the same time, I wasn't, I wasn't feeling very confident in myself. So I called somebody else into, into my life that probably had a lot of work they needed to do on themselves as well. He was a lovely person. I believe that we were there for each other for a time in our lives that taught each other like we did teach each other a lesson and so I think that was amazing like I just wish him the the best like there was no it didn't end badly or anything like that it was just just didn't happen Mm, yeah I totally agree with what you're saying I I oftentimes will always say people come into our lives for a reason I 100% believe that I've had many people in and out of my life dating experiences and friendships and yeah, I think it's just when I look back on certain short-term situations, I have compassion and appreciation for that person at that time in my life. But I, I'm i a person, I, I think, you know, you're talking about personal growth and I relate to that a lot. I'm just a person that's always progressing in life and I'm always going to put myself first and I'm always going to do what I want to do and not for anyone else. So I think a lot of people follow the crowd and a lot of people stay in a static space throughout their lifetime, but it's so important to continue that progression, like to continue learning and growing and and having a deeper understanding of yourself. And once you do, it's like you can kind of assess the people in your life and see if they are, if they're everlasting and they're also progressing and they're also going on a path and maybe you know it's not to say you're going on the same one you can be going on two different paths 
but they're both going in a vertical direction. You know, you're both going, you're both going out, but then there's a lot of friends. It's like, they're kind of going like 20 miles an hour and you're speeding at like 75. And I think both scenarios are fine and you can accept that person, but that doesn't mean that you have to spend time with them as much anymore. It doesn't mean that you have to have them in your life anymore if they're not serving you. And I think the most important thing is to just know that your friendships and your relationships, like people should always just support you and love you no matter what. And if someone isn't doing that, it's time to reevaluate how much time you want to spend with that person. A million percent. I've called in so many friendships now through doing courses and like I'm obviously really passionate now about this energy work. And so some of my friends wouldn't be into that at all. But it doesn't mean that like I don't need them in my life. I certainly have lost a lot of people, lost a, a lot of friendships over the years as well. And that's fine. It's just and that's not to say those people won't come back into my life in a few years if they're if we're more in alignment with each other. But just right now, it's just not in alignment for me. And that's fine. Totally. Definitely. So talking about this idea, I guess, of being fully healed and, you know, we've kind of touched on this a little bit before, but what is your opinion on that? Well, I don't think we'll ever be fully healed. I think this is this is what we're here on this earth to do is to raise the consciousness. So we're all going to be healing all the time. Like there is no there is no fully fully healed at all. Like even for myself, when I did the soul teacher course, I before I did that, I thought, OK, I had started believing in past lives, but I was like, I don't need to look at my past lives. I don't need to. I have enough shit in this life that I need to heal. I don't need to look at that. And then when I started doing the past life healings, I was like, this is amazing. I love this. This is so much stuff makes sense. And now I'm working with a coach now and I'm doing a lot of ancestral healing with her. So there's so many layers to healing. I don't think we need to be fully healed. I think our soul will have a contract come in here that we need to learn lessons from certain people. But to be fully healed, to meet your right person, I don't necessarily agree with that. And I know some people will agree with it. I, what I would urge urge people to err on the side of caution is, is that if you're vibrating at a lower level, if you're not respecting yourself, if you're very low in your self-worth, very low in your confidence, you are going to call in somebody at that vibrational frequency. So when you are looking for a partner, maybe just assess that, assess where you are in how you are with your relationship to yourself, your self-awareness. And is that the type of partner you want to call in? Because if you're looking for somebody that's confident, that's self-assured, that loves themselves, that gives to themselves first, if you aren't doing that for yourself, you're not going to call in that partner. So true. It's so true. I definitely, yeah, I mean, even in recent months, I feel like I've called in the people in my life that have come into my life. I definitely, you know, I wanted... A certain situation I wanted like I was craving new friendships and I found this new group of girlfriends and good relationships and just kind of like I think even recently talking about like that you know you take 10 steps forward and and 10 steps back it's like I've definitely found that sometimes recently and like wow I'm having like so much fun with these friends and then you start like those thoughts of Oh, but it would like it would be so nice to have someone like a significant other to like have here or like go home with or something like that. So I've been noticing that kind of thought process as I've cultivated and manifested this this group and I'm having a lot of fun, but I'm also still feeling like I'm missing something 
that doesn't mean that I'm progressing backwards. It just is like something to be aware of and something to be like, okay, well, you made this decision that you weren't looking for that right now. So like, what's, what else is missing? Why are you feeling this way? What other thoughts are coming up for me? Just making sure that I'm like being, I think in that, what I've realized is maybe I've been spending less time with myself, spending less time on myself, on my self-ship in past few months. So it's like, okay, how do I, in order to feel whole, because I know that I'm the person that makes myself happy. No one else is going to do that for me. So if I, if I can feel happiness with this friend, friendship group, but if I don't feel happy with myself, I'm inherently not going to have a good time and therefore not going to want to go home by myself because I feel lonely and I don't want to spend time alone and all that kind of stuff. So those thoughts have kind of been going through my head as I'm, yeah, just healing and like going through the motions of cultivating new relationships. And does that at times when you are thinking about that going home on your own and stuff, does that make you think about certain ex or anything or is it just in general? I think it's just in general. I mean, it definitely, I I know that it always happens to me during this time of year. I get lonely, you know, the holidays, the, just the, the, the weather, the darkness, all of that just always really affects me. So it's just a pattern that happens to me every winter, every winter season. So it's always been something that I'm working on. Like I've had seasons of winter where I have a person, but I also, I, and I spent, spent last winter was the first time that I made that pact for myself to not date and to not go on dating apps. And if I met anyone to just not engage in a romantic situation. So it was like the first winter that I really just said no and focused on myself. And so I'm kind of feeling that again now as I'm not going to put so much pressure, not that I ever put a lot of pressure, but like, I'm not going to seek it out as much. I kind of just want it to happen naturally. And I've been meeting a lot more people in person and approaching more people. So I just think less so, I think, especially with dating apps and like social media, we can get more down on ourselves during this time of year. So just being aware of that. And if you need to step away, like step away, it's going to be there for you when you get back. Absolutely. I think you're so right. The holiday season can be so tough for people and it does. It gets you in that space that if you want a partner, or if you want children, you're automatically going into the lack mindset because you're like, I'm lonely. I want this. Um, and it's not to say that you won't call those things into your life. But ultimately, the more joy that we can cultivate, the more we are going to call into our life of what we actually desire. So it's like what you're saying. It's like you've called in those aligned friendships and you're feeling good when you're hanging out with them. But now it's just to balance it back and spend more time with yourself as well. But I think you're absolutely doing a great job because ultimately it is. It's what it's what makes you feel good about yourself. And I think it's it would be worse if somebody was coming from a place and feeling like well I need to be on all the apps now because it's the holidays I need to be out I need to be doing these things and coming from a place of I don't want to use the word desperation but a, a place of neediness rather than actually coming from a place of where you're feeling good about yourself because the only way we can call in our desires is if we feel good about ourselves so it's more the universe is going to deliver in divine timing it's something I'm working on at, at the moment as well I want to call in my person but I have to keep reminding myself that I need to find joy. I need to not be going out there and doing these things with expectations of 
calling somebody in from that place. It's actually like the more I look after myself, the more I actually am in joy, the more I can call in what I want. It's kind of like I'm kind of I had a reading with them with one of the girls from my course and it was basically like you're doing all this work but you're doing all it with expectations you're doing your meditations with expectations and I was like whoa it kind of like the penny kind of dropped and I kind of was like yeah actually I am doing things I'm doing things kind of going I'll go for this healing and then I'll call in my man and then I'll do this thing and then I'll call in my man whereas now the last few months I've really just focused on what makes me feel good what makes me feel good and it might be saying no to people. That's really what it came down to, saying no to people and also not apologising, not apologising for being myself. I found that I over-apologise for so much and I know so many people struggle with this. And now I'm really in a season where I'm being authentically myself and not apologising for who I am. And I want to call in a partner who I don't have to play small for either. And I know in my past, I definitely was playing small. I definitely was like toning myself down to suit a particular situation. And that's just not me anymore. <laughs> mm, I love that so much. Yeah, not apologizing and not going in with expectations. I think that's been, yeah, it's such a big thing in the healing process as we think there's going to be so many aha moments. And okay, if we meditate, if we sit down and meditate for five minutes, we're going to have this crazy epiphany. And that's going to happen and it's going to be amazing. And then we're going to feel so great. We'll meet up with a friend tonight or we're not going to feel as lonely afterwards when we sit in our, we're, you know, opening our eyes and sitting in our apartment by ourselves. It's like, no, all of that is still going to remain. But with time, again, time, you will start to notice a change and a difference in yourself. And it's not, you know, sometimes we have a shower thought. Sometimes we have a light bulb moment. And sometimes we don't. And that's okay as long as you continue doing it and continue, you know, setting those goals for yourself of, okay, like I'm adding 20 seconds to my medication today. I'm adding 30 seconds. Like it's just the same as a workout. It's like, okay, today I'm going to run three miles. Tomorrow I'm running 3.2 miles. Each day that just that little, little bit of progression that you can improve on yourself and for yourself, it will eventually lead to those epiphanies, which can then begin to exceed your expectations. And it's, you know, I think expectation, when we talk about expectation, it's it's kind of like goal setting. You have high expectations for yourself. You set high goals for yourself because, yeah, we should all have high self-worth. We should all want what's best for ourselves because you're the center of your universe. Every single person listening right now, you are the center of your universe and you get to decide what you want from your life and where you want to take it and what you want, what journeys and paths you want to go down, what relationships you want. You don't have to say yes to everything. You don't have to listen to everyone's ideas of life and religions and beliefs and all those systems. It's your decisions to make. And they start to fall more into place as you do more of the work on yourself. Absolutely. I love everything you said there. And I think it's so hard for people when they're feeling really low in confidence to actually believe that because they don't actually believe that they deserve the best, particularly if you've come out of like relationship patterns with like somebody that was like gaslighting you or if you're constantly being ghosted, it can be very hard to believe that you deserve the best. So it's really like doing the work to actually 
remember that you do deserve the best. And I think really the loneliness and the holiday season, I think it's important to just even call out that if you if anybody is going back and they're thinking of their ex at, over the time of the holidays, to just be very aware that like our ego is always going to try and keep us safe and anything unknown is terrifying to the ego. So your ex was a safe ground, even if it was a toxic relationship. That's what the ego knows. That's what your body knows, your energy knows. So it might keep calling you back to actually think about your ex. But when really it's actually just it's probably just your craving human connection. It's like really look into what is it you're actually craving? Because it may, might be a case, we can all put on rose tinted glasses and think that it's a certain person that we want. But ultimately, when you delve into it and look into it further, is it actually the human connection you're missing? Is it the sex you're missing? Is it just somebody to hang out with on a Sunday if you're feeling a little bit hungover? Is it those things you're missing? Or is it actually that, like, is it that person? Because a lot of times you drill into it and it's actually those smaller things in life, the connection that you're actually looking for rather than that specific person. Mm, yeah, I love what you're saying. And I was actually having a conversation yesterday about loneliness during the holidays. And I think, you know, there are a couple of important things to know for, for those who feel lonely. And I love what you're touching on with noticing what you're missing from your ex, noticing if it's just the human connection aspect, okay, if you're feeling like lonely, you're missing your ex, you're single, it's like, just don't go on the dating apps. Don't go on social media or limit your time on social media. My my best friend actually has been really great. I need to be better because I always preach about, you know, being offline and all this stuff. But obviously, as an entrepreneur, it's easier said than done. So she, she set a limit on her phone, you know, of like an hour on Instagram or something like that a day, which she's been really good about. I'm like really proud of her. So I think it's just, you know, maybe it's like December is your month to just, yeah, limit your time on Instagram and TikTok and dating apps. I mean, you don't need more than like five minutes a day. I read somewhere recently that millennials spend like 10 hours a week on dating apps, which is insane. That's like a literal second full-time job. Um, I've, I don't think I've ever spent that much time on dating apps, but I guess there are so many of them, but yeah, I think it's just like important to remember, you know, if you are single and you're going to your families and they're going to ask you, you know, like you have those family members that like constantly ask you, who are you dating? Or like, are you, do you have a boyfriend or girlfriend or whoever? Just having a go-to line, having something to say that makes you feel confident, being prepared for that to happen so you don't snap at your family, you know, knowing that they have your best interests at heart. You don't need to take anything that they say seriously. You can just go in with confidence and say, you know, to Aunt Mary, hey, I so appreciate that you're looking out for me and you have my best. And I know that you have my best interests at heart, but I'm really focused on myself right now. I'm really focused on my career. I love to talk to you about a project I'm working on. It's just like almost completely changing topics. And if they keep digging, it's like, I really don't feel comfortable talking about this with you. I will 100%, you'll be the first to hear when I'm dating someone that is worthy of me and that I want you to meet. And that's like all you need to say because at the end of the day, it's your life, your relationships, and your not your families. And then on the on the flip side as well, like if you are going to your significant others, let's say, you know, you've been dating for a while and it's like, they, they're asking about the marriage proposal or the babies or something like that. 
it's important to talk, have a conversation with your significant other and sit down beforehand and come up with an action plan so that none of you get cornered by so-and-so family member or you have a clear understanding of what you're going to say together. You're so right. I was actually going to bring up that as well because I was going to say it's never done. Like it's not just when you get this partner, those questions won't come up. Like it will be when are you getting engaged, when are you having a baby, then when you have a baby, when are you having another one. It is constant. But I agree with you so much about like limiting your time on social media. I came off social media. Um, I'm obviously now on a business account. But I still don't follow a lot of my friends or, you know, have them follow me because I'm it's my business. And I don't necessarily, you know, I was in a very dark place in my life at one point that me scrolling and seeing them, their marriage pictures and their babies. And that was really triggering for me. So I had to actually do a check in on myself and go, why would I actually sit scrolling at something that really, really upsets me? Whereas now I'd be fine to, to go and do it. But but I'm just like, do I actually still want to see all those pictures? Do you know, like obviously some people you're like, yay, amazing people that I'm I went to high school with. Like, is that necessary? Like when I don't speak to them, you know, is that really, really necessary? Do I actually want to see that in my life? So just really check in with yourself and actually ask, like, are these people friends or are they just on social media because you knew them 20 years ago? Mm, yep. A hundred percent agreed. And I want to just touch on one thing because I'm super curious about this question, the idea of soulmates and if you believe in them. Love this question. Yes, I do believe in soulmates, but probably not in the same context of what people might believe them to be. So soulmate is somebody that we've done a past life with. So it might necessarily be somebody that you did a romantic partnership with. Um, So we could all... You could be soulmates with your family. You could be soulmate with friends. Like I describe it as, you know, those friends that you meet and you instantly connect with them and you just have this bond straight away and you're like, oh my God, I feel like I know this girl for so long. Similarly with a romantic partnership, that's going to happen. So it can get really confusing because you can bond with a romantic partner so quickly, get so deep into connection, like feel that this is the one and that's because you've done another life with them. So it can get really confusing for people because they feel like, oh my God, I met the one. And then if you break up and it's not the person any, like it's not your one person, it can call everything into question. You might not trust your intuition anymore. You completely confused and completely on the back foot because you're completely thinking, well, that is my person. I'm going to marry them. So you end up hanging on. And I do see this a lot with them. People coming out of breakups when they can't let go of an ex, a lot of times it is because they've done another life with them. But sometimes it mightn't have even been that they were romantic partners. I actually recently done a past life healing with a client and it was a fact it was that they were siblings in a past life. So there's so many different layers of complexity that goes into it. So, yeah, you might have had a soulmate. You came back into this life, had a relationship with them, learned the lessons you need to learn. And now you're both going your separate ways. You might meet another soulmate or you might meet somebody totally different. But I love, I actually love really doing the, the, so you can look into a past life and actually see, well, where did I meet this person from? But also, can you show me a past life where I was in a really healthy relationship, a loving, committed relationship that was really good. And that can be really healing for clients as well to actually see that there is other alternatives and other options that it's not just that one person. Mm, 
That's crazy. That's so awesome. So how did you discover that these people were siblings? It was just literally I had done a reading with this client and then she had been told in a previous reading with Nikki Nova, my teacher, that she had done a past life with him. It did actually come up in my reading as well. I think that she had done a past life with him, but we didn't delve into it because there's not enough time. There's just so much information. So she came back and we did the past life healing then. And you never know what you're actually going to get when you go into it. So what we do, we basically, I journey the client up to the Akashic Records, which is like the spirit world, which has all the records of our past lives, our current life and our future lives. So it's insane. I could spend days up there and journey them up there and actually I do it with the client so the client gets to experience and actually see and feel the emotions of how they felt in that past life as well. And it's just insane that the the connections that come up that are just the same, the feelings being the same or if somebody was holding resentment towards you, you might see that in a past life as well. And it just really makes just really clarifies things for people to to see how it played out in another life before. Wow, that's so awesome. I'm like, I want to do this. <laughs> yeah, it's it's insane. I just, I love it so much. It's just every one of them that I do, I'm just like, wow, I never expected. And the more, the more you expand your mindset and are open to all possibilities when you're doing this energy work, the more you'll see. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with that. That goes with anything, you know, the more you, the more open-minded you are about anything in life, I think the more, you gain from experiences. If you're closed-minded, it's you're just not going to gain the same overall experience and and feel yeah, and feel the joy or pleasure out of it either. Yeah, completely. It is just allowing. And I think that's the thing that our ego really holds on to as well is setting ourselves up that we think we want something one way and really if we step back and let the universe allow joy and a pleasure into our life, it'll start happening more and more often. But when we're trying to control a situation, it can't come in. Can't We're not allowing the magic into our lives. Mm-hmm. Totally. So let's just do a couple of rapid fire questions. So the first is, how do you get excited for a date? It's definitely blast up the tunes, maybe have a glass of wine, put on the makeup, just getting ready and just getting into good vibes. And just even no matter how nervous or Even if I've started like to dread going on a date, it's just like, how can I get myself out of my ego? How can I get myself into my body to just actually enjoy the evening and not be too in my head about it? Love that. And what is your ideal date? Ideal date is so simple. I think it's just like good chat, uh, bottle of wine. Yeah, easy. Just ideal first date is just simple and easy. Like, I don't think we need to overcomplicate things. Yeah, I love it. Agreed. Definitely agreed. So where can everyone find you? My website is thereclaimcoach.com and I usually hang out on Instagram at the Reclaim Coach as well. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Cheryl. This has been an incredible and super insightful and awesome conversation. Definitely different than anything we've done on the podcast before. So I'm really excited for everyone to hear. Can I ask you, before we finish up, can I ask you, have you ever shared your ideal date? Have I? I think I might have on the first episode. I really love day dates. I think they're super fun. I love to just like meet up for some food, like brunch or like a late lunch or something and a coffee um, and just like walk around a neighborhood and kind of like stumble in and out of places, see where the day takes or like maybe in tonight and then go get ice cream. Nice. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. This has been so fun. I really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you. Likewise. Bye. Bye. 
Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode or this podcast in general, I would greatly appreciate it if you could subscribe, rate, and review below. And if you can think of anyone who would enjoy this podcast, please consider sharing it. As a new podcast, the most helpful thing is to grow by word of mouth. After all, who doesn't enjoy a good date story? Lastly, if you would like to connect with me, please follow me on Instagram at ghosts underscore of dates past. And feel free to shoot me a DM if you have a comment, question, or would like to be a guest. I'm always looking for new people to bring on to the show. Hope you all have lovely weeks and I'll be back next week for another juicy episode. Bye for now.